Hi everyone, I'm Elise Marsh and I'm your host here on the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast. I believe the journey to becoming a parent allows each of us a glimpse into the heart of a creator who so desperately wants you to know just how chosen, designed, called, and beautiful you are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. Hi friends. So I'm back from spending a few days with my family at the lake. We go to Priest Lake, Idaho every year and it's just so fun. I've gone every year since I was tiny, tiny and it's so amazing to bring my family and my kids and to just watch them experience the magic of a place that I've loved for so many years. So I loved getting a week off call and just letting it all go. So living this lifestyle, you really have to just disconnect in those moments that you can and when you find yourself off call, which for me isn't very often, but so good. So excited to be back. I'm ready for these August babies. So I've got three moms ready to go. So you know me, I'm like, haven't been to a birth in a week and I'm just (laughs) where the baby's at. So pretty crazy. I'm booking through March already for doula clients. So if you're pregnant, don't hesitate to let me know. It's just so wild. I kind of planned my life nine months in advance, but I love it. For those of you who've been following along with Lily and praying for her, we talked about her last week on the show. Lily is a miracle. It's just crazy. And it's been so wild to see the hand of the Lord just literally, you guys, in every single detail of her life and her existence. I mean, her story is just wild. And it is a sheer act of God that she is alive. She will be one month old tomorrow when I'm sitting here recording this and I'm just just amazed at the Lord. You know, her doctors and providers told her that she had 24 hours to live. Um, so none of us thought we would be here and are just so amazed at how the Lord has just saved her. So I would love for you guys to find out more about Lily's story go to her GoFundMe page. I'll link to it in my show notes. And if you guys subscribe um, to my email list, I will definitely send you the info there. Or she has an awesome group on Facebook called Prayers in Support for Lily Joy. If you go search for that in your little Facebook search bar in groups, you will find it. And I'm telling you guys, her parents are like nothing else. They straight up preach the gospel. And it's just amazing to see the Lord use them. So I would love to have you join me in praying for Lily. She has some specific prayer requests this week for her blood pressure, her vocal cords, a few other things. But overall, we're just praising God. She is here with us. Uh, So go check that out. I'm back on my audiobook jam, you guys. I kind of took a little hiatus from from audiobooks, and I'm just cranking, and I'm loving soaking up all these books. I'm re- I, I usually listen to like five at one time, uh, but just finished Allie Worthington's again. I read her or listened to her book um, more than once, but Breaking Busy, it's so good. If you have not checked that out, um, you have to add that one to your listen or read list. So some of you guys saw my Instagram story, um, or some of you may have even seen this article floating around on Facebook, but CBS News just came out with a story about the rising maternal mortality rate in the U.S., which is not new. None of this is new, you guys. Uh, The U.S. has had a rising maternal mortality rate for many, many years. This stuff is just really hard to hear, and it's really hard to read about, but you guys, it could just save your life and the life of someone you know. And it's not even like, oh, I knew her on Facebook or wow, that's really sad. It's this, you know, girl who, whatever. These are your friends. These are your family members. These are people who are your age um, who are affected by this. So it's us. It's you and it's me. It's people we know. We have to teach each other how to find the information we need 
Encourage your pregnant friends. If you are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant or you have family members who are pregnant, teach them to read and to watch and to talk to others and to find out what options they have. Take a childbirth class. People don't need to die. I mean, it's crazy and it's a wild thing to say, Um, but there's so much we can do. We are responsible for our own health care. And if you've been around long enough, you've heard me preach this, but we're responsible, not our providers. We have to be savvy consumers of our health care. We have to. We have to know what our choices are. If you want to, you know, make a difference and, and change our birth culture and change this rising maternal mortality rate, here's a couple things you can do, okay? So for those action step people out there, here you go. So if you ever have a concern about yourself or your baby, don't stay quiet about it. Ask your provider, ask your doula, ask your childbirth educator, find some answers, get some help right away. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't settle until you get the answers and the information you need. Trust your gut. Always. Find out what's best practice and evidence-based care for healthy moms and healthy babies. Don't settle. Don't do it for anything less. And ask if you need help. If you've had a negative experience or you'd like to see change made at the facility you had a baby at, Speak up, speak out, don't stay quiet because nothing will change if we do. We have to tell people how we feel and what we want. Communicate, communicate, learn about the benefits of midwifery care and portable telemetry and VBAC and skin to skin in the OR, using comfort measures and coping strategies in labor, learn about breastfeeding support, learn about doula services, and take a childbirth class. Mine would be good. Mine would be really good. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay, you guys, so you know, I just kind of re-listen to Allie Worthington's Breaking Busy. And I think I just need, I needed to hear it in this season. Um, But you guys, we can't do it all. We can't. Just throw it all away if you're believing the lie that you can do all things at all times in all seasons. I think so many of us walk around feeling like we have to carry all these plates and we have to keep our world spinning and we have to do this and we have to do that and we have to be an awesome mom and we have to be an awesome wife and we have to be a girl boss and an entrepreneur and we have to hustle and you know what I don't want to be a hustler I don't sometimes sometimes I do let's be real and other times I just don't and that's okay I just want to encourage you to drop your plates you know pick up what the Lord has asked you to pick up break busy I think it's so easy, you know, we're asked oftentimes, oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? What's new with you? And it's so easy to, the response is just, oh, I'm busy. It's good. I'm busy. I'm busy. It's so great. It's just really busy. And I love what Allie said in her book. She's, she started talking about having a full life versus having a busy life. And Jesus had a full life. He had people and work and travel and relationships and miracles to perform and people to heal. And his life was full, but it wasn't chaotic. And I think the Lord has called us to live full lives and not to live full lives in chaos. And so I just want to encourage you guys to identify where you have chaos in your life this week and really try to focus on, okay, what do I need to do to have a full life without the chaos? And it may be leaving some white space in your calendar or saying no to certain things. But every time we say no to something, we get to say yes to something else. And you know, this is hard for me. This is something I am so learning in this season. You know, as you guys know, I would love to have a podcast out to you every week. Um, But that's not what I'm choosing to say yes to in this season. I will get podcasts out to you as quickly and as often as I can because I love it and I love you guys. And I just love this world of podcasting so, so very much. And there might be a season where I do, where I do get podcasts out every week. But for now, here I am with you. And I'm so excited to be here and so blessed and really trying to sit in what the Lord has called me to carry. And I hope you will do the same. 
Today on the show, I chat with my friend Jessica Barcelona. You guys are going to love her. She is so real and honest and funny. Oh my goodness. You guys are going to love this conversation. So Jessica just started a blog. She's just adorable, you guys. Um, Go find her blog. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's jessicabarcelona.com. We talk about a whole bunch of fun stuff today. We talk about the emotions of becoming a new parent and what that transition looked like for Jessica and her husband, Brandon. You know, Jessica really shares honestly how she didn't feel ready to have a baby and she wasn't ready for pregnancy um, and just talks us through what it looked like for her to have her priorities change, how to, how she had to become more like Jesus. Um, we talk about postpartum recovery and just all the unknowns of caring for a newborn and what that looks like. And I just loved how Jessica said... <laughs> She's just so honest. You guys are going to love her. I just how lost she felt caring for a newborn. And I know there's so many moms out there who can relate to that. Uh, We talk about finding community and just the importance of finding your village and finding your people. I know we talk about that a lot on the show. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, So you guys are going to love her. Enjoy. Sit back, relax. And here we go. Okay, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. Yes. Okay, so you were just telling me you got family photos in Tacoma. Um, Yes. Are you, your pictures on your blog are like, I was looking at your blog before we started, are so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Visco Cam, not me, Visco Cam. Okay, well, still, it takes some, it takes like, skill to be able to edit pictures too so you got to give yourself some props but they look awesome thank you thank you I I feel like I'm like I don't take the pictures but then when I edit them I'm like honestly someone hired me to do your wedding like if I get the right filter on it (laughs) I'm like like, I'm too too good at this (laughs) I'm too good at this so fun okay so tell me like what made you want to start a blog like how did all that come to be oh gosh okay well Honestly, everyone thinks it's because uh, blogs are kind of trendy right now. Yes. And everyone's like, oh, do you just want to be that stay-at-home mom that gets sent free stuff? And I'm like, well, I mean, if I get free stuff in the process, I'm Sweet. not going to be mad. Right. right. But that's not really why I started. I honestly just got kind of bored. I found myself going to bed every night when my kid went to bed at like 8.30 and doing nothing with my life oh. and just like getting in a routine. And I was like, I really want to do something different. Like I really need like – some kind of creative outlet. And I had written a couple blogs when I had found out I was pregnant. And yeah, so I just was like, oh, I kind of want to try this out. It's really fun. Um, And I don't do it for any other reason than kind of just for myself, as bad as that sounds. Just like, it's so fun for me. And it just honestly gives me something to look forward to, to like do every day and just really push myself creatively. And um Yeah, I just told myself the moment it's not fun anymore and the moment it gets stressful, I just – I would be done. But it's just so fun and maybe I'll stop doing it in a month and maybe I'll keep going. But for right now, I really love it and people shockingly read it. So I'll just keep going. (laughs) Just keep going. I love it. It's so cool. Okay, so you say you go to bed at 8.30. I know a lot of moms out here would be like, (laughs) yes, get me in my bed at 8.30. Like my children are not asleep. I'm like, oh, to the death of me. Um, Also, (laughs) it probably means you just need to have another kid if you feel bored. No, no, no no kids for a while. No more. It's so funny. Everyone's like, when are you having another kid? And I'm like, no, thanks. No, thanks. I'm good. So you think you're good with just your sweet Penelope, which she is amazing. And she is totally enough. I, yeah, I'm obsessed with her. But I mean, we're not done with one, but it'll be a couple of years. Yeah. I get baby fever, but it's baby fever. It's not like, oh, I want another child fever. Yes. I have like, oh my gosh, like cute things that just lay there and sleep. And I can like wrap in a, you know, strawberry swaddle. swaddle. Yeah. <laughs> Not like, oh, I want another kid yelling at me. Right, right. Well, Penelope, she doesn't yell quite yet, does she? Does she holler at you? She does this thing. And no, she's like literally so sweet. She never, she doesn't have an attitude. She does get this glare. I think it's because I squint so much because I need glasses. Well, I have glasses. I just don't wear them. But I squint. 
And so she started squinting back at me, but it's this terrible glare. And she does it at everyone, like all the time. And Target, at church, everywhere, she glares at people. And they're like, oh, wow. And I'm like, so sorry. Like, I guess I squint. Yes. Like, she's a super nice human, I promise. But she just likes to glare at people right now. It's a phase, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. So why don't you wear your glasses? It just... I'm well, sure they're cute. Everything on you is cute. Oh, you're so kind. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just don't feel like wearing them every day. And now the prescription is outdated. So I have to go to the yeah. eye doctor. And I don't know. It's just you don't want to... I don't want to wear glasses every single day. And so then I don't wear them. But then I end up squinting. Right. And you would think, oh, just wear contacts. But I don't remember to put them in every day. So... It's just a really big, long – basically, I'm not a very disciplined person in, <laughs> when it comes to my eyewear, but yeah. – Or you could get LASIK. <laughs> I honestly – I shouldn't – I'm a YouTuber. Like, I YouTubed yeah. births before I had Penelope. Oh. I, like, I, like, YouTube everything. So I YouTubed LASIK. Not a good idea. But <laughs> it's – everyone says it's, like, super painless and you'll be able to see amazing afterwards. But just, like, the lasering and they, like – Oh, I I shouldn't have YouTubed it. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if I can get like, they could knock me out if I convince them to use like a, I don't know, some under, what is it called? General anesthesia. Yes, that. Give (laughs) me that. Oh, dear. (laughs) Give me that and I'll do it. Maybe you could just try your glasses for a little while. Yeah. That's probably my best option. Probably. Probably. But, (laughs) you know, if you're getting by with, like, no contacts or glasses and you can drive your car, I mean, that's pretty darn good. Um, Yes. I mean, your eyes can't be that bad. (laughs) No. I did have a little incident when I went to the DOL and changed my last name on my license. They test your eyes. Right. I didn't pass the eye test. Oh, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) But the lady... I mean, I drive. I can see absolutely fine when I'm driving. It's, yeah. But I, the lady was like, oh, I think it's just the way you're positioning your head in the machine. I'm like, absolutely, that's it. Like, my <laughs> eyes are perfect. So I got my license. But <laughs> Good for you. I just hope that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, that's exactly what everyone says. They're like, I wonder how oh, many other people they yes. pass. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so tell us, like, what was getting pregnant like for you? I know you've told me, in, like, or I guess you haven't told me. I guess I've just read on your blog, like, um, that you were never, like, a baby person or never felt like that was something you wanted. Actually, you know who was telling me all this was Catherine. So Catherine Floyd, <laughs> yes. my friend. So if you haven't listened to Catherine Floyd's episode, um, she's been on the podcast. Um, my listeners, you need to go back and listen to her. But I was chatting with her, and I was like, okay, who should I have on the podcast next? And she was like, Jessica Barcelona, she's awesome. (laughs) And she was telling me how you just never felt like you were going to be like a mom type of person. So pregnancy was kind of like a little bit intimidating to you. I mean, tell us like, tell us that story. Yeah. um, Pregnancy was, I feel like not pregnancy itself. My pregnancy so easy. Like I very rarely got sick. Um, Everything was super easy as far as the pregnancy went, but me actually, the realization of, oh, I'm going to have a baby, like a human, a child to take care of at the end of this, I would say it was like borderline traumatizing for me just because, yeah, yeah, I I was never a kid person. Like I was never the person who served in kids ministry. Actually, when I, they asked me to serve in kids ministry, they'd always put me in the welcome center because (laughs) I... Just, I'm really good with people, just not kids. Like, I don't understand them. Um, I don't understand them. (laughs) And I knew I'd always want kids eventually. Like, McBran and I had talked about, like, oh, yeah, we want to have kids. But I just figured by the time we got to that point, I would want them. Like, I would yearn, like, for a family and I would have that desire. Um, But it wasn't something I wanted at, you know, this time of my life or when I got pregnant. Um, and I was never that person that was like, oh, can I hold your baby? Um, <laughs> You're like, I'm you- good, actually, over here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, like, do you want me to get you a coffee? Like, I'll be that person, but I'm sure. not going to, like, offer to watch your kid. It just probably wouldn't end well. So um, <laughs> I um, found out I was pregnant. It was a total surprise. Um, was on birth control. Um, what birth control were you on? So I was on... 
Um, I was on the pill, which I'm um, on the pill again now, but so I was on, there's like two kinds that I know of of pills. I'm sure there's more out there, but there's a kind that you take three weeks on and one week off. Mm -hmm. And then there's one that you take constantly. Um, And I was on the kind that you take three weeks on one week off. And so we were in the process of moving. It was kind of a debacle of a moving situation. It took way longer than it was supposed to. And so we ended up living with my parents for a couple months. And, um, I took my three weeks of birth control one week off and we were just in the hustle of bustle of moving. I forgot to pick up my next pack, which I guess oh. that's like the worst thing you can do. Like you're, it's worse than just like missing a pill. Um, so yep. <laughs> Fran and I hung out one time and there you hung gone. out at hung your parents' out. house. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mom loves to bring it up actually. Um, Hey, and, that's great that you guys can still make it happen no yes. matter what the circumstance. That is going to bode you well in the future, let me tell you. Yeah, I yes, I guess. <laughs> it sure will. Um, so, yeah, we got pregnant. I guess I didn't find out until um, we got pregnant in the beginning of December, didn't find out till the beginning of January. Um, just thought like, oh, just I had – pretty much no symptoms. The symptoms I did have, I just thought like, Oh, I'm going to start my period soon. Like I had like very mild cramping. And then, um, the only thing I noticed was I was really thirsty. Like I was drinking a ton of water and weirdly enough, um, the night I found out I was pregnant, I made, there's people over at a house. I made chicken and the chicken really grossed me out. Like I remember eating it and being like, Oh, this this like really kind of like just like grossed me out. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's so good. Like all this stuff. I'm like, really? Like, I was like, oh, thanks. But to me, it kind of like made me like, oh, this is just weird. Like this chicken's weirding yeah. me out. Yeah. But when you're married or before you've been pregnant, you just always think you're pregnant. Like I had taken so many pregnancy <laughs> tests before that. But then once you've had a kid, you're like, oh, I know I'm not pregnant now. Like, yeah. Yeah. But before you have a baby or know what it's like, you always think you're pregnant. So I had a pregnancy test at my house. So I just... Um, took a pregnancy test and um, went back in the bathroom in a couple minutes and it said pregnant. Um, and it, this is like when the test would say like one, two or three. Okay. And three means you were like five or more weeks along. Like that's the highest oh, number you okay. could get. And my test said pregnant three plus. And <laughs> I was like, no way. So I, of course, um, great in chaotic situations, went up, just quietly went upstairs, closed my closet door and like – just like had a complete meltdown, called one of our pastor's wives, Christina, and was like, I think I'm pregnant. I passed a pregnancy test. And she's so sweet. She's like, well, um, you know, (laughs) she's like trying to tell me like, you're absolutely pregnant. Like you can't really get a false positive, but she's like, well, just go get another test in the morning. And did that, said I was pregnant again. And (laughs) this is not changing. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, the rest is just kind of history. So I was, I was absolutely pregnant. You were absolutely pregnant. And of course your husband's like over the moon, I'm sure. Yes. I, so I told him, um, I couldn't keep a secret from him. And, um, since I took the test at work, I had, um, thrown the test away. Well, somebody in, at my work found the test in the trash. I'm sure that's like the worst place to take. Right. And I'm like, my first thought is like, what nasty person? Like I peed on that. And like, they're like walking around with a pregnancy test. And, um, I'm sure it was an intern. Yeah. No, I wish I could say it was an intern. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so I had, I had asked Brandon, I was like, Hey, you know, can I talk to you for like, you know, what's your schedule? Like, could I talk to you for 15 minutes? And we were going into this like staff meeting in like, a half hour. So any knowing him, he goes straight into my office and he's like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just need to talk to you at some point today. And he was like, okay, let's talk now. And I'm like, okay. So I leave my office. We go into our auditorium and, um, I was like, I have something to tell you. And he was like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> you're laying it I, on thick. Yeah. I was like, I literally tell him, I was like, I'm so sorry. I feel like I've ruined your life, but I'm pregnant. And he's like, are you serious? And he was like so ecstatic, like so excited. My entire pregnancy, Brandon was so stoked from the first time I told him. And I'm like bawling, telling him like, I I ruined your life. Our life is over. I'm so sorry. Why did like, you think you had ruined his life? Like, where does that come from? I don't know. I just, I 
I think that I was like, oh my gosh, now our sole responsibility is going to be this kid. And now looking back, like Brandon's life really hasn't changed that much. I mean, he's an amazing dad and he absolutely takes care of Penelope. But like if we had a, you know, a scale of whose life changes changed more, obviously mine is like the mom um, changes a little bit more drastically. But I just was like, oh my gosh, I ruined our life. Like I just had this really, I don't know where the view came from, but I just had this view of like, once you have kids, your life is kind of over. Hmm. And I don't know why, because, and I, I did you see that like modeled somewhere like that Mm -hmm. you felt like your life was over or just media or. I don't know. I know that's the thing is like, I look at women that I aspire to be like, and they all have kids and I, and I love that they have kids and I look up to them even more so because they have kids and they just live life with their kids. I don't know where that came from. I think Mm -hmm. it's because for me, I knew my first priority wasn't going to be able to be like just me and Brandon anymore. My first sure. priority was going to be someone else. And so I kind of felt like my independence and just like, honestly, this like selfish part of me, I knew yeah. was going to have to leave and I was going to have to grow up. But I was like, no, I'm 24. I still want to be selfish. Yeah. Like I'm not done being selfish yet. Sure. Yeah. But I knew it was gonna, that like part of me and that part of you know, just my life was getting ripped away from me before, before I was willing to give it up. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. So what was your birth experience like? Did you feel like it was smooth? Did you feel like it was complicated? Was it what you anticipated it to be? Um, in some ways, yes. Um, in other ways, no, I, um, my birth was absolutely phenomenal. Um, just like my pregnancy. Um, but I pictured it going differently than it did. It was amazing. But everyone had told me, you know, it's your first baby. You're probably going to be a little bit late, all this stuff. So I was, you know, mentally preparing. I think for me, it drove me a little bit crazy that I didn't know when the baby was going to come. Like mm-hmm. any day could come. But I just pictured like my birth plan, I would say, was I thought, you know, I was going to start having contractions and then they were going to build. And um, I was going to try to labor at home for a while. My goal is to labor till I was at a six. Um, but you know, how was I going to know I was at a six, sure, but, sure. um, you know, maybe get my bathtub at my house or something like that. And then when I was ready or when I, you know, I, I knew going in, I wanted an epidural. Yeah. Um, but when I was like, okay, when I want the epidural, I'm going to go to the hospital. And so, um, my due date came and gone, um, or came and went, I should say. And I was totally fine. I wasn't that person that was like miserable. I wasn't yeah. like, oh my gosh, I just want to have my baby. So, it was two days past my due date. And I remember you even, you messaged me, I think on my due date, like a list of things to try. <laughs> and then you're like, when it gets so far past your due date, we'll like, you're like, I have another list for you. But one of the things you told me to do was go on a date. And so Bran and I went on a date on the night of my due date, um, just kind of hung out, repacked all my hospital bags. And um, I was mentally prepared that my water wasn't going to break because everyone told me, you know, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but like less than it's a very small percentage of women yeah. It's like ten percent of women whose water actually breaks before they have contractions, right? And so, um, the night before, um, I went into the hospital. I was at a, a ladies' conference meeting at our church, and I was having Braxton Hicks contractions. Probably they last like maybe a minute, and I was getting them every couple minutes, but nothing painful. And, um, I was texting my friend. She's like, Oh, they'll probably leave. Once you go home, put your feet up, like eat something. And, but I just remember like, Oh, these are pretty consistent. Like, but they weren't mm-hmm. painful at all. Um, next day I had an eyelash appointment cause all I wanted was eyelash <laughs> extensions <laughs> for, um, for when I had Penelope. Yeah. Um, I was like, all I want is eyelash extensions. I don't want to look tired. I want to look, you know, fresh faced, bright eyed. You're and, so funny. Um, <laughs> you know, the important things when you're going to Of course, of course. <laughs> so I went and got my eyelashes done and, um, I, it was like a two hour fill. Like she was really filling my eyelashes cause it was probably going to be the last time before I had Penelope. And she kept asking me like, are, is your back okay? Cause that was the one thing I could probably complain about is my lower back hurt a lot when I was pregnant. Like my, like, I think it's called your sciatic nerve. Um, it would hurt all the time. I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I remember just getting up off the table after, I got my eyelashes filled and there was like this intense pain. Like I had Hmm. never, I, to the point where I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk out of here. Like I knew Hmm. I was going to be able to, but it hurt so bad. And then all of a sudden the pain went away and I felt all this liquid 
like go down my <laughs> legs. And praise God, I wore yoga pants that day. I was going to wear shorts because it was hot and it was beginning of September. Um, but my yoga pants kind of absorbed it. And I thought my first thought was, oh my God, I just peed myself in my lash lady's house. It wasn't like <laughs> a business. It was this lady that like, I had only met her two times. She How was like, funny. like it was, I was so embarrassed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think my water just broke in your house. And she was like ecstatic. Like, yeah. She was like, oh my gosh. Best day ever. Yes. Like she was like, this is amazing. She was so sweet. She like got me a towel to like sit in my car. And something I didn't know was you keep leaking after yeah. your water breaks. Like it's not just like, oh, hey, your water is like, like your water broke and you're done. Like you keep yeah. leaking like until your child comes out. Yep. And so I'm calling Brandon and um, I called him three times, didn't answer. And I'm like, hello, I am two days past my due date. I just called you three times. What do you hello. think I want to do? Shoot the breeze about what I ate for breakfast? Like, Answer your phone. phone. Yeah. So then I call my mom who um, works at my doctor's office. And my nurse actually answered the phone because my mom, um, she told my nurse, she's like, oh, Jessica's calling me. Like, I have a feeling. So my nurse answered the phone and she was like, you know, Julie's mm-hmm. phone. This is, you know, so-and-so. And I was like, hey, I go, my water just broke. I had an appointment that afternoon. She's like, okay, great. She's like, just come in early. So um, I went in early. They checked me and I was uh, at a zero. Yes. <laughs> so water broke at a zero. zero. And um, so they're like, okay, well, your water broke. So we will want you to um, – go to the hospital eventually, but you can take your time because you're at a zero. I was having no contractions at all. Um, and so all I wanted to do, of course, with eyelash extensions, I want to go home and curl my hair. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, can I, can I just go home and curl my hair? And they're like, oh yeah, you can go home and curl your hair and take a nap. So went home, got ready, repacked my bag, got Penelope's bag, checked into the hospital around eight o'clock that night or seven o'clock. And, um, they checked me. It was, we're still at a zero, um, six hours later after my water broke. And, um, so then I got on Pitocin and, um, they started me on Pitocin and the contractions, like it wasn't like they just built, I felt like with Pitocin, all of a sudden they were just there and they were like, they just came, um, and were like, I don't know if naturally contractions just like, I'm under the impression everyone kind of tells me that they just build, um, but yeah, the Pitocin, it was just like contractions came and they were hard. Yeah, it kind of hits you like a truck. <laughs> yes, literally like, like bam. <laughs> yes, like someone just kicked me where I was supposed to be birthing a child. And right. so I was like, so and, awesome. And so, um, and they told me, like, hey, once you are ready for an epidural, try to wait as long as possible because once you wait for an epidural, you can't leave your bed, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, great. But, um, so I labored for probably like three hours on Pitocin. Um, and then I was like, Hey, I'm ready. Like I, I want the epidural. Yeah. Like I was just, I didn't want, I, because Penelope was such a surprise, I didn't want to have any kind of labor experience that was going to be traumatic for me. Like I wanted it to be like peaceful. And that was like my one thing I prayed all through my pregnancy is I was like, God, just let me have like the easiest, most peaceful labor. And I just didn't want it to be like overly painful. And not that I was scared of pain. I just was scared of being so traumatized by like getting pregnant when I wasn't supposed to be. And then, uh, which is so funny because there's no like supposed to be or perfect timing or, you know, it's just so, it's just such a funny like concept. And I think a lot of that comes from just, I don't know, or media or community or, um, the people were around. Yeah. And even my friends, I know that planned on having kids, there's still that, you know, moment of like, oh my gosh, like not a fear, but just of like, almost like the unknown of yeah. like taking care of a baby. And so I think no matter when you plan on having a, you know, a baby, it's such an amazing experience and you're excited, but there is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a baby at the end of this experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, And so I just wanted my labor to be as easy as possible. And I wanted to be able to say like, okay, that was like enjoyable as it could be. Yeah. And um, so I got an epidural and that was actually the part I was the most nervous for because yet again, I watched YouTube videos on. I know, Jessica, you got to stop that. (laughs) I know. And I like, and the epidural was actually so easy. I didn't even feel the needle. I didn't feel anything. It was so easy and simple. And it was 
I labored probably in total. Um, Penelope was born at 1054 in the morning. So probably for a total of around 12 to 14 hours when they started the Pitocin to the time I had her. Um, I pushed for an hour and a half. Um, this is, you were, a, you were a champ. Like first baby, that's massively impressive. Like and you got to be thinking, proud about that. That's so awesome. And that's what everyone told me. Like, I know that like they came in, I was like, I thought you push out a baby in 15 minutes and they're like, okay, just mentally prepare. You're going to be pushing for, they said anywhere from an hour to three hours. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But I was like, wow, three hours is a long time. And now thinking back, I'm like, it kind of took, it's weird. Like the way you push and the way you're feeling contractions. And my epidural was amazing. I still could feel like a ton of pressure. I could actually move my ankles and like kind of move, um, it wore off right after I had her. So I could walk around like very shortly after I had her, I had friends whose legs were numb for like forever. And that right. didn't happen to me. So, um, it was really great. Cause I felt like I still felt myself pushing, but it was, I, it wasn't painful at all for me. I remember the doctor telling me like, okay, like give it everything you got. And so I would push and then I would like crack a joke to Brandon or I would start talking and like between everything and everyone's like, you shouldn't be talking right now. Like, why are you talking and like laughing? And I'm like, we're like watching TV and like talking about what's going on. And then be like, okay, ready, push. And I'd push and then we'd start talking again. So it was my birthing experience yeah. and was just phenomenal. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. You you remind me a lot of um, uh, Colby Martin, who's uh, been on my podcast as well. But she loved to watch Ellen in labor. It was there was something about like the laughter and just the distraction yes. and having fun that was like almost like her little drug that she used like to to get her through, and it really really worked for her. And it's just so funny how. Everyone has something that's just going to do it for them. And it's just a matter of finding that in those moments. And and it sounds like that distraction piece was really a helpful thing for you too. Yeah. It was almost uncomfortable for everyone in the room to be like staring at me because I'm like, obviously I'm the one like in labor, but it was just like the, they, and they put that huge light on you, which doesn't help. And so it's like, there's a huge light on me. Everyone's staring at me. And so I just needed something to like distract me from the awkwardness of the fact that like a whole bunch of people are in my hoo-ha. Yes. And like, if I don't talk, it's just going to be silent and we're waiting for the next contraction to come. And I'm like, someone please talk, especially my husband who talks all the time, all of a sudden was just silent. He's like, like, what do I do? Yeah. I'm like, please, someone talk, say something. Oh my gosh. No, I'm getting a really great visual right now, Jessica. This is awesome. No, I have this. um, So when my clients are getting ready to push, if they're a medicated and they have an epidural, um, if they're unmedicated, then it's a different, it's a different, um, atmosphere, a different ball game. But if I have an epidural, um, I have, it's like a female motivation playlist that I have and it is like pump up the jams. I mean, all the good stuff. Um, and we just like, I blast it. Like I have my little speaker and I pump it up in there and then we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun and we just get after it. That's Um, amazing. Yeah, there's no dead silent weirdness um, in the room. I so should have done the pump up music. We did yes. like worship music. And oh, yeah, it was great in theory, but it was just it didn't add to like it was just a very peaceful environment, which was good. But I needed a little Beyonce in there. I yes. think, to just or get a little things. Taylor Swift, a little Adele. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pink. I mean, any of that is I very know. helpful when you need to like go hard in the paint and you need to right. like push a watermelon <laughs> out your butthole is what absolutely. it feels like. You gotta, no, you gotta really have some oomph behind you. That's amazing. Absolutely. Totally. Okay. So going home with Penelope that first year, um, what was that like kind of those postpartum moments for you when you didn't necessarily anticipate being a mom or thinking that that was going to be something you really enjoyed? What was that transition to parenthood like for you? Yeah, thinking back, it's almost like laughable now how oblivious I was. Um, and Brandon and I kind of went into everything blind. One, we work a very busy schedule, so we didn't feel like we had time for a birthing class. Um, Which is a lie. <laughs> right. And like we didn't, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get an epidural. I don't, yeah. you know, need anything. But I think more than anything, 
I probably would have done a birthing class just for one, the community and the support yeah. it gives you. Yeah. And just, you know, meeting, you know, someone who can walk through things with you, but also meeting other people who are going through the same season of life as you and just, um, just everything that comes with it. But then also things that, um, happen after you have the baby that you just don't know. Um, right. I think the most shocking thing, I would say the worst part of my entire labor pregnancy experience was I was absolutely in shock of how much pain you're in after you have a kid because I didn't have a terrible labor. Um, I didn't have a terrible, um, or pregnancy. I didn't have a terrible labor, but there's nothing you push on a child. Like you're so sore. Um, I was not prepared for that, um, at all. And so just being so sore, I just, I was just in complete shock. Um, so that was really shocking to me, just the recovery process in general. Um, I've never like the been the granny panties and the pads and Yeah, and the squirt bottle and yeah. the, the We like, call that a peri bottle. <laughs> yeah, that. Yes. Which I'm like kind of amazing, like borderline thought I'm like, maybe I'll just use this for the rest of my life. This is kind of it's amazing. Great. But yeah, so awesome. The ice diapers that were like the ones that like the hospital freezes for you, those are amazing. Um but just like, yeah, the whole recovery in general um, and then the emotions that come on top of it. Everyone told me like postpartum emotions are real. Yeah. But I just – I remember the first night home. I talk about this in my blog. I say nurses aren't kidding when they say, are you ready to go home? Like I was like, oh, it's just like lovely chit-chat. Like, hi, how are you? Are you ready to go home today? And I'm like, yeah, totally. But I'm like, I think they're genuinely asking you, are you ready to go home? Because right. there's so much you don't know and you're taking this little – human home with you. Um, and I literally got home and it's like all of a sudden at the hospital, I felt so comfortable. I knew everything. She's eating amazing. Um, like almost like, Oh, I don't even need anything from the nurses. And then it was like, as soon as I got home, panic happened. I didn't know what to do. We're trying to get her to bed that night. And I'm like, I don't even know how to swaddle her. I don't do it. Does she sleep in a onesie? If I put her in a swaddle, does she wear pajamas? I'm texting like all of my friends. Like, does she sleep in pajamas and a swaddle? Do I put her naked in a swaddle? Like, what do I do? Yeah. And I didn't know, was I supposed to nurse her and then rock her to sleep? Do I bounce her to sleep? Do I just lay her in her crib? Like thinking back now, newborns especially are, at least Penelope was so easy. Like she pretty much just slept for the first month straight. So I didn't need to do that much. But every time she woke up and cried, I thought something was wrong with her. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? She's crying. And I just remember bawling my eyes out. And Brandon's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm just tired. And, you know, I hadn't showered and um, just anything. And so you really get a hang of it after a couple of weeks, but I just remember feeling so lost. And I think those, that first couple weeks home is when I was like, I probably should have done some kind of class or joined like <laughs> a mom's group or read a book or yeah. like at least asked someone for something because yeah. I was so lost. And, um, I remember, Penelope's always been an amazing sleeper since day one. But there was one night I just couldn't get her to go to sleep. And she was awake till like, which midnight, which I mean, on the grand scheme of things, isn't that late, but it was for me. And so I couldn't get her to go to sleep. And I remember waking up the next morning and just crying again because postpartum hormones. And um, I was telling Brandon, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I haven't showered in. Oh. I don't even remember how many days. Like I went to yeah. tell him how many days it had been since I had showered and it had been like, seven. And I was like, I don't even remember how long it's been. And, um, and just feeling so overwhelmed. And I actually text you that day and I was like, what do I do? And you had recommended a list of things. And, um, and so I, of course, bought all the things and some of them are, <laughs> some of them are the things Penelope still uses now, like her sound machine. Yeah. I still play when she sleeps at night and stuff like that, but just feeling so lost when I got home. Um, but it's just things. I think part of it's natural. You have to go through it because then you really learn your baby and it's part of mm-hmm. the experience and it's part of you growing as a mom. Um, but for me, I felt like it added to the fact of like, this baby is here too early. I wasn't ready for this. Mm. But looking back now, it just grew me in a way, gosh, I didn't even know I could possibly grow in. And so, yeah. um, And now I'm like looking forward to the next baby I have. I'm looking forward to that stage because it can be such an easy stage and such a stage where you just like cuddle them and love on them. And, you know, they're not trying to move all over the place. And, um, 
But yeah, for me, I was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff, there is definitely some aspects of like, sometimes you just got to wing it and figure your newborn out for yourself. But certainly it is helpful to have an idea or a game plan of this is what I want to try. And it's okay if it doesn't work, but at least I have an idea of something that I want to use or try and see if it works, whether that's like a sleeping thing or a bassinet or a swing or whatever. Um, you know, and then just your mom community that's going to be like, okay, you need this Perry bottle. You need these tux pads. You need this stuff. Like (laughs) you've got to have that. And if you don't have that community, you've got to take a class or find a doula or I love, I think one of the most beneficial gifts you could give someone who has never been a mom or has no clue what they're doing is to give them a postpartum doula who's just going to come and they're not necessarily going to do anything spectacular for you. They are just going to build confidence in you yeah, and so tell good. you you're doing a great job and be like, okay, this is one way you could swaddle your baby if you want to. And this is how you could do this or just let you have a nap or a shower, which is so totally. great. <laughs> um, so, and then finding those people that can just come and, hey, can I watch your babies and you can shower and I'll do yes. your dishes or take your dog on a walk or take your other kids is so important in those first couple weeks. I think there's a lot of hoopla in the beginning and you have a lot of friends come to visit you and everyone wants to see the baby and maybe people are even bringing you food but it's like okay that lasts what maybe a few weeks maybe a month if you're lucky and then it's like all of a sudden all the people go away and everyone just kind of like oh everyone's living their life I guess I I guess I need to get back and live my life too but yeah it's still tough and there's still sleepless nights and there's still times when we need help and we need support and I think it's so important to ask for that help and find those people who are just going to show up with coffee absolutely you know, just show up with a latte. I mean, some yes. of the best moments I've had is like a friend's like, I'm going through the Starbucks drive through What do you want? And, you know, just drops it off unannounced. And um, it's just the best, I think, gift you can give new moms, just that community and support for Absolutely. sure. For sure. I completely agree. So if you, so when you decide to do it again, I'm going to say, I'm going to assume at some point you want to have another baby. What would you do differently? Oh gosh. Um, if, and we do want to have more kids, I say we'll probably wait, um, a couple more years, probably like two to three years. And then we'll have like, I, I always say like, Oh, we'll have three to four kids. I'm crazy. Um, (laughs) you're young, Jessica. There's plenty of time for three to four. That's what you want. Yeah. And so, um, we'll have them like maybe closer together. But if I was to do things differently, um, gosh, I feel like Everyone told me, hey, soak up every single moment with Penelope. And I really feel like I tried my best, but time just moves so fast. And so I would, I always tell myself, okay, with your next kid, like try to soak up every single moment and enjoy every season, whether it's, you know, her screaming or whether it's her laughing, um, you know, just enjoy every season because it doesn't last obviously for forever. And so I think I would try to soak up every single moment um, and I would honestly even try to soak up my pregnancy even more because um, I think too, like pregnancy is such a sweet thing. And I, I was, everyone told me like, oh, you grow closer with the Lord. And also um, just the way your body grows a human, mm-hmm. like it's so amazing. Um, and I really didn't, I feel like cherish being pregnant. Yeah. I feel like I didn't enjoy like all the moments of being pregnant. Well, it probably everything. took you a long time to kind of accept the fact that you were having a baby and this was a good thing. Yes. And even, you know, it took everyone's like, well, how long did it take you to adjust to Penelope? And I said, I felt like by two months, I was absolutely in love with her. I loved her from the moment she came out. But I remember even holding her and just being like, oh my gosh. And crying when I saw her and they Mm -hmm. laid her on me. Um, but just almost like an overwhelmed, like, Oh my gosh, I love you so much, but I'm so overwhelmed. And it took me like a good, um, like two months to really like adjust to having a baby. And really, I remember two two months and I text my friend and I was like, I'm seriously so obsessed with Penelope. Like I love her so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like with like, as I have, um, if I have another kid, hopefully in a couple years, um, 
that I would just like, I feel like just absorb every single moment and, um, yeah, maybe do things differently, you know, um, maybe try a natural birth. We'll see how, how adventurous maybe just I get. Start with taking a childbirth class. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, come on, Jessica, I have an online class. It's, you don't have to go anywhere. Okay. Yes, that's incredible. I appreciate that for people like you who have something every single night of the week. I appreciate yes. the online birthing course. Amen. Okay, so how do you feel like you, speaking of every night of the week, like you and Brandon are both in ministry, full-time ministry, and you've yep. worked in ministry and kind of in, I guess, out of vocational ministry and then back into vocational ministry. How do you feel like that has, that transition of growing your family in that setting, how has that been for you? It's been, you know, honestly, we had no choice but to just make it work. Like yeah. my prayer when I had Penelope, I was like, Lord, just make her a good sleeper and make her go with the flow. Like if this is what you've called us to in this season. So my husband is the college pastor um, at the church we work for. And then he also, it was Penelope had to have been two to three weeks old. He got, um, our church decided to open a, another campus and Brandon was asked to be the campus pastor. So while still doing college. So he now oversees two services plus all the other kind of events that we do as a church throughout the week. And so I just was like, okay, God, like if this is what you've called us to, you're going to take care of us and you're going to make my kid flexible. And I um, give me that unicorn baby that sleeps all the time. (laughs) Yes. I was so nervous in the beginning of just like ruining like doing a bad habit, I always just like, I had all these like friends that would be like, well, don't do this or make sure you don't do this. Or I would read about certain things or I would have friends that did certain things and they would regret it. And so, um, I would, even when she was like two weeks old, I was nervous to like, let her sleep on my chest, like Mm. in during the day, because I was like, oh my gosh, what if she gets used to only sleeping on me? Which I'm like, she's two weeks old, Jessica. Seriously, yeah, like yeah. you don't even. Which let him sleep on you. <laughs> yes, and so that would probably be something that I feel like, as far as absorbing them as a newborn, like I wish I would have done more. Was like, you know, just yeah, like let her do things like that. I was so tense about like ruining her or ruining any future sleep habits. But um, we just honestly, Penelope is a unicorn. She sleeps anywhere. I brought her to work with me. I went back to work at eight weeks and I brought her almost every single day with me. She slept in my office. I had like a little bouncy seat thing that I would bring over from our nursery and put in my office and I'd put a sound machine on my computer and she would just sleep in my office. She would sleep in the car seat, sleep in restaurants. So yeah, she would just, I just kind of made her flexible, sleep in worship with us. And she had no option. The only time she actually ever really slept in her bed was at night. Now she, um, she doesn't come to work with me really ever, maybe one day a week for a couple hours, just because she's so active now. We just, she's still so go with the flow. And there's some days it really breaks my heart because I'm like, I know you're so tired and you haven't gotten a nap today, but we have church tonight and you just gotta, I'm like, sorry, girlfriend, you just got to rally. But she does and she rallies and she's like, she just goes with the flow and she's just the best, best kid. Yeah. Other than taking her to happy hours because she's not allowed in, you know, we pretty much take her everywhere with me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fun. Um, what do you feel like kind of in this season as a new mom that the Lord's kind of doing in your life and in, in your heart as a mom, as a wife, as, you know, a daughter, what do you feel like God's really speaking into you and pouring into your heart right now? I felt like there was this like pull when I first had her. I was, I remember I would like probably to Catherine, I would, you know, I would cry and I'd say, I feel like I can't be a good wife, a good mom, a good employee, you know, and a good person to myself, you know, the best Jessica all at the same time. And so every day I have to make the choice, you know, which one am I going to give up or which one am I going to invest into? And I just had to come to terms with, okay, Jessica, if you are healthy emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you know, physically, you're going to be the best mom to Penelope. If you are healthy, you know, you're, if I'm operating out of like unhealth, it's, I'm not going to be a good mom to Penelope. And so I really had to make sure I was Honestly, I do. I get up a couple hours before her so I can have just some quiet time to myself. Really, I feel like the Lord has been working on me to not compare myself to anyone else. I'm such a people pleaser and I'm like, oh, if everybody else is happy with me, I'm happy with me. Yeah. 
even, you know, as an employee, I want to be the best at my job. I never want to disappoint. As a wife, you know, I want Brandon to always be happy. I want him, you know, to talk highly of me, which he always does. And I, you know, I want him to think the best thoughts. I don't want to disappoint him in any way. So if that's like, I was, I'm like, oh, I need to stay up later so I can spend time with my husband. I was tired. And so I felt like I was disappointing him. And so I was achieving to be something. And then with Penelope, I want to be the best mom to Penelope. You know, I want her to grow up and I want to be her best friend. I want to be her mom, but I'm like obsessed with Gilmore girls. So I want to be, (laughs) I want to be Lorelai and Rory. Like that's me. I'm okay having all the rest boys because like, it's just me and Penelope best friends forever. Maybe when she's like, you know, out of the house and doesn't live in your house. You can be your exactly. BFF. <laughs> That's pretty much happened with me and my mom. Me and my mom are best friends now, but in high school, you know, it's always a little rough in high school. It's a little rough. Um, and so I just feel like the Lord's like, Jessica, you got to be the best you can be. And it's not about what anyone else thinks. If you always compare your life and your journey to somebody else's, you're always going to be coming up short because that's not what I've called you to. You're just trying to strive to be someone else's life, but I've called you to your life and the things that I've had for you. And so I just think being so content and celebrating the progress of life and not expecting perfection out of myself and not expecting my life to be like everybody else's and being okay with everything that the Lord has for me. I, it was funny because when I got pregnant every day in my devotions, I, you know, right at the bottom, I say, God, you know, use me however you want to. Hmm. But then when I got pregnant, I was like, okay, maybe this is you using me. And I always say, you know, use me however you want. And then until he actually does. And then you're like, why are you putting me in this place? Yeah. You told me to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I, you know, but I was like what I pictured for myself, you know? Right. What do you feel like the Lord's like called you to? So you said like you want to be content in what the Lord's called you to right now. What do you feel like? I know that whole calling thing is kind of a big Christianese word, but. Totally. What do you feel like the Lord's like called you to in this season? In this season, I feel like the Lord has called me, honestly, to being just the best. I feel like first and foremost, but I never thought I would say this, was is to be a mom to Penelope. Um, and everyone always says, you know, that's the best calling mm-hmm. you can be. And I have friends who they would say that they're all they want to do in life is be a mom and a wife. And I think that's so amazing. And I'm like, I admire that because that's what they want. And that's not for something that I was like, oh, that's what I yearn to be as a, hmm. a wife and a mom. But in this season, I want to be the best mom possible to Penelope while still serving the church. I love my job. Um, I'm, you know, an administrator to our executive pastor here at the church. And I love what I do here. And I love serving the local church here. And so I love that I can be a mom to Penelope and still serve my local church in such a big way. I've never... Yeah been That's forced awesome. to ch- I've never been forced to choose. And so I'm also such a go with the flow person. It drives Brandon crazy. Brandon will be like, well, what, where do you see yourself in five years? Or he'll even say, what do you feel like the Lord's calling you to? And I'm such a, you know, whatever the Lord tells me to do today, I'll just do. Like I, mm-hmm. he's always like, this is what I want to do in five years or 10 years. And I'm like, this is what I want to do today. And mm-hmm. you know, whatever the Lord has for me today, I'll do it. And then if it changes tomorrow, I'll do that. And then if it changes the next day, I'll do that. I'm never I feel like I'm the kind of person, if I know what the five-year plan is, I'll just want to be there. And so I'm such a planner with my day-to-day things, but I'm like, God, use me however you want to today. And then if tomorrow is different, let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of, I think you kind of speaking into that, like the Lord's given you enough for today and that's enough. And the Lord's giving you the manna for the day, essentially. And that's enough. And that's enough. And he, he's going to give you what you need to get through that day and he'll give you tomorrow what you need to get through tomorrow. So, and I think you're, you're a great example of that, Jessica, just in your heart, in that attitude. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So what are three things that you are loving in this season of your life besides like your blog? Okay. So you could count that as one if you want. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Loving my blog. Um, loving it. Just encouraging people not to take their life too seriously. No, oh man, so good. I'm so bad at that. I'm really bad at that. (laughs) Nobody's life is perfect, and I think on Instagram, everyone's like, you know, like I said earlier, my visco cam filters and all of that. No, 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 no. Let me show you Penelope's room that smells like diapers, even though I bought the two hundred dollar diaper pail that said her room was never going to smell. Let me. You said her room was never going to smell. 
<laughs> yeah, like l- what? Um, let me show you, you know, my bathroom I haven't cleaned in a month. But I just like to keep it real and I want everyone to know like life is fun and we're all a little bit crazy and it's not as glamorous as it looks on Instagram. So love my blog. Loving I don't know if this honestly feeds my soul. I'm obsessed with grocery shopping and I love Trader Joe's. Wow. And just honestly, this sounds so I love walks through Trader Joe's. Dead serious. You I go, love girl. all of the stuff at Trader Joe's. Just like the it's almost the like vibe. You're you're the liking vibe. the vibe. Yeah. Yes. It's just so refreshing and calming. And I'm convinced everything I eat there is organic. So I get like a candy <laughs> and I'm like, this candy is so healthy. It's so good for me. So I love I'm I'm going through a complete Trader Joe's obsession. So everything in our house right now is Trader Joe's. Um so you drive to Federal Way. Yes. If I'm feeling like super picturesque, dreamy, I'll go to um, the Tacoma one. Like I'll walk Rustin with Penelope oh. and then I'll go to the Tacoma one and maybe swing by Whole Foods to like pretend I can afford their groceries, but <laughs> but definitely Trader Joe's. And everything I get at Trader Joe's is under $3.99. So I like, except it's for the like, beauty maybe, of Trader Joe's. Yes. Like maybe the occasional like laundry detergent or something like that, but all my food items are like under $3.99. So it's just amazing. I love it. Yeah. The other thing, last thing I would say I am loving is I'm getting back into working out. I was convinced that after Penelope, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to go right back in my jeans. I'm going to be one of those moms that is like, I just have trouble keeping weight on. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Nursing is just sucking all the life and weight out of me. Let me tell you, I wasn't hurt. You know, love those kind of people. Um, But that wasn't me. And so I'm like, oh, Penelope, you're 10 months. Maybe I should, um, I don't know, not look so squishy. So, Oh, goodness. I um I go to a gym by my house and the gym also has tanning in it. So I love that I can work out and then I go tanning and then it also has like these massage beds. So I, I hope it's a spray tan. Is it a spray tan? You know, it's not a spray tan. <laughs> Jessica, the 20-year-old in you is coming out right now in your tanning bed. Come on. In your 30s, you're going to pay for that. I'm just telling you, sister. I know, I know. And Sunscreen that, on your face at least. Come on, give I me that. Co- I actually cover up my face when I go tanning. Okay, that, oh, that's helpful. Try some yes. sunscreen. Sunscreen. Uh, I think my makeup has sunscreen in it though. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I, working out is great. Yes, and yeah, so it's amazing. There's like hydro massage beds at the gym. Oh, wow. So we're gonna be like, what are you doing at the gym for three hours? And I'm like, you know, babe, I'm just really trying to get my body back. Yep. I'm really dedicated as I lay in a massage bed for two That's hours. amazing. Oh, my gosh. I yes. think what people don't realize is I think it takes most people a year to really feel like they feel like themselves again. Um you know, with their bodies and, you know, with their routines and the transition and all of that and breastfeeding, I think it really does take one full year to kind of feel like, okay, I kind of feel comfortable in my skin again. Yes. Maybe some people sooner, maybe some people longer, but absolutely. I mean, it's like that nine, 10 month mark kind of rolls around. You're like, all right, all right. I can, I can do some things to feel better about myself. And around that one year mark, it's like that 12 to 15 months when you're when your kids are 12 to 15 months I feel like it was really a groove you kind of hit your stride of all right we can do this I'm feeling myself again and then most people get pregnant again <laughs> yeah that's what I was gonna say it's like Around and then, then people get pregnant again why do they do that because they feel so good <laughs> I know and they probably are like oh the you know they're walking and so they want that baby stage again and oh yeah totally totally but um so I hang in it. there no pressure you yes. just love your postpartum body <laughs> for everything that it is and everything that it's done and will continue to do for you. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Okay, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with me. You're awesome. I love what you're doing and your creativity. And I think it's so important that you kind of press in and give back in um, whether one person reads your blog or 10 million people read your blog. I think the Lord is in it. And I think he's going to have so much favor, um, on your life and in your words. And he's going to use that to be your ministry. And I just believe that 
about you. Oh, thank you so and that much. Blog. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I'll be sure to link to your blog and your Instagram and your show notes so you guys can go and see how cute Jessica is and her beautiful nursery <laughs> and her beautiful baby and her and my fun. crazy life. Yes. And your crazy life. I love it. So keep going. You're doing a great job. Um, don't stop. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, girl. Uh, love you. Okay, I hope you loved that episode with Jessica. I hope you were so encouraged by her, just her authenticity, just the way she shares so openly about what that looked like for her to become a mom and have a baby. And just, I know so many of us struggle with feelings of comparison. And, you know, I loved when she said, if everyone else is happy with me, then I'm happy with me. I mean, golly, that was good. That was so good, you guys. Um, I mean, even in marriage, um, even in our relationships with our friends or coworkers, it's so easy to be like, okay, if if my husband's happy with me or my boss is happy with me, then I must be okay. Um, but golly, we've got to turn our eyes to Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to be okay no matter what anyone else thinks about me and my concern and my utmost priority is that the Lord is pleased with me and I know he is with you dear one so thank you for listening and being with us all right my friend if you're new and you haven't heard me talk about my online course here I am to tell you all about it so I've created an online childbirth class just for you it's not boring It's super fun and you will love watching it at your own pace in the comfort of your own home. If this is your first baby or second, I would love to be there with you. I know this information is going to be helpful for you. You will need encouragement. You will need information. You will need tools and I would love nothing more than to give you some. I was talking to a friend of mine who had a more negative experience with her first birth. And she's waited years and years to have her second baby because she was just so fearful about what her experience might be like. And we chatted and we talked through a lot of things. And you guys, I want you to know, you might be that person who's feeling like that. It's normal. And guess what? You can have a different birth. You can have a different experience. Things don't have to be the same. And there are tons of options out there for you. So don't hesitate. Head on over to my online class. You can find it at www.yourbestbirthcourse.com. There's tons of info there. If you have questions, find me, message me. I'd love to chat more with you. And I'll give you a little promo code, podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at checkout for $50 off the cost of the course. You guys, that's a lot. (laughs) Okay, because I love my podcast listeners. So don't hesitate. Head on over to yourbestbirthcourse.com and enter the promo code podcast at checkout. I can't wait to see you on the course. All right, friend, thank you so much for being here. I love you guys. I'm so, so blessed to be here with you. If you like what you hear here on the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast, you guys know what to do by now. Go subscribe in your podcast app. Don't miss an episode from me. I don't want you to miss out. Leave a review. Rate us on iTunes. Go follow me on Instagram at Perfectly Wonderfully Made. You guys are amazing. I can't wait to see y'all next week. Praying for you. Bye-bye.